Today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. Tell you what, I think for every one of us, that ought to be a clear understanding. The Lord called me to his kingdom. The Lord called me to himself because of who I, no, 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 no. In spite of who you are. Wow, the Lord used me really great the other day because I was able to, no. In spite of who you are. In spite of who we are. God takes these cracked, these chipped, these broken, these stained vessels and uses them for His glory. The Apostle Paul is an example for our faith, and his transformation is remarkable. Most incredibly, God made a person who was persecuting Christians into a Christian who was persecuted. Do you doubt that God can change your life? Pastor David reminds us that the power of God demonstrated in the resurrection reveals that it's not by any of our own power that we have salvation. It's the embrace of the Spirit of God by which we are empowered and emboldened to live for God's glory. Now here's Pastor David with part three of today's message entitled, The Gospel and the Resurrection. that opportunity actually to see the risen Christ as well. When was that? Was he there in the upper room? Oh, no, no. Paul was still a hater of the Christians at that time. Uh, He was still one of the Pharisees. Well, maybe it was up in Galilee when the 500, oh, no, no. Paul was against the Christians. As a matter of fact, for quite a while, Paul was moving against the Christians. And we read in the book of Acts how Paul, in a process of persecution, against the Christians, was headed up to Damascus with a note from the chief priest for this very thing, to arrest, to imprison, and perhaps even to kill some who were Christ followers. And it was on that road to Damascus that he had that face-to-face encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, Jesus knocked him off his high horse, you know, and you know he's, he's going on up there, and suddenly, he, because of the brightness of the light, he's knocked off of the horse, and as he comes to, the Lord Jesus even speaking to him, Paul, Paul, why are you persecuting me? And I love that in the fact that Paul was persecuting Christians, But Jesus takes it very personal when you and I go into persecution. When people come against us for the faith, Jesus takes that very personal. And again, just as he tells Paul, why are you persecuting me? Paul says, well, who are you, Lord? I'm Jesus, whom you persecuted. That face-to-face encounter changed changed Saul of Tarsus And he became then the Apostle Paul. The Lord put him 
into ministry at that point. Again, as he told Ananias to go up there and speak to him, and because I've got great things for this guy. I've got a lot of stuff I'm gonna be doing through this guy. Well, Ananias says, well, Lord, no, you don't want me to go up there. That's the guy that persecutes. I, don't send me, send, send my brother, send somebody else. Don't send me. But yet the Lord says, no, you go up there. Why? Because I have great plans and a future for this guy in ministry. So the one who became a persecutor, he saw the Lord himself even in this. And he says, I was one born out of due time. That whole statement of being born out of due time, that's a personal declaration, I believe, of what Paul felt as his unworthiness, really, of being an apostle. I don't think it had much to do as far as the timing of his apostleship as much as it did with the fact that he was even called to be an apostle. Paul understood what his background was. Paul understood the, 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 the prejudice, the hatred that he had for Christians and even for Christ. And I believe through all of Paul's life, even as strongly as the Lord used him, there was a humbleness about Paul, again, in being called the way that he was called. The Greek word, uh, ektromati, that's only used here in the New Testament. And it's the actual interpretation of it is an aborted fetus or a miscarriage. Paul says, that's what I was. That's what I was. Paul uses, again, that specific word, again, I believe because he continued to hold on to the fact that he had been such a destructive factor to the church in those earlier years. I believe he fully recognized that he had not been with Jesus during those earlier years like the other apostles. He had missed all of that. And yet God is still going to use him. That's why he states in verse 9, he says, I'm the least of the apostles. I'm not even worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church, the church of God. Think about this for a moment. Of all that Paul, at this point in time, of who he was, the impact that he was already making, we'll look at that in a moment. In the midst of all of this, Paul still had within his heart the sorrow of all that he had done before against the church, against the bride of Christ, and against God and his kingdom. I don't think that it was something that, that, that limited him, but as I said before, I believe it was something that very much made the man very humble. Again, to the point, now he is actually the minister to the Gentiles, the absolute outcasts the ones that the Jews would have nothing to do, and yet now that's the very ministry that Paul has in his life. One of the things we know, Paul believed, and I believe it's very clear here, Paul believed that the Lord Jesus Christ was using him not because of who he was, but actually in spite of who he was. i tell you what, I think for every one of us, that ought to be a clear understanding. The Lord called me to his kingdom. The Lord called me to himself because of who I, no, 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 no. In spite of who you are. Wow, the Lord used me really great the other day because I was able to, no. In spite of who you are. In spite of who we are. God takes these cracked, these chipped, these broken, these stained vessels and uses them for his glory. What are we going to boast in, gang? 
our high intelligence, our great ability? What is it do we have that we have that God hasn't given us? And how many times have we failed in the midst of it all? Or is that just me and my boat? No. I think every one of us can understand. Man, if, if it's not for the Lord, we, we would literally be nothing. Look what he says in verse 10. He says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all, and yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. You might look at that and say, well, he's saying he labored more abundantly than they all. Well, he's got this real mind trip going on. No, you need to understand in the context. He's just stating the fact. No. Number one, I was so far behind everybody else. I had to really run and catch up. They had been three and a half years with the Lord Jesus. I had been against the Lord for all of those years. The times that he had to go and spend, again, just out in the desert on his own, growing and learning. The years that he spent in preparation of ministry long before God could use him on the missionary journeys. Again, man, I labored more abundantly than they all. Those guys were living their life in a normal course of life. Jesus came and says, come, follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. Matthew, leave your tax table. Come and follow me. As he called all these different ones to himself, they came and they followed Jesus. And for three and a half years, they were able to walk beside Jesus, hear and listen to the teachings of Jesus, watch how Jesus ministered to people. They were given opportunity and empowerment by Jesus to go and minister to the people on their own during the time of the ministry of Jesus. Paul didn't have any of that. He he was a Pharisee of the Pharisee. He hated Christians. He hated Christ. And now so much he had to pick up on before he could really and truly be fully used. And he said, man, it's only by the grace of God. It was only by the grace of God. Even when he makes that remark, labored more abundantly than them all. It's not a braggart that's declaring his ability. I feel it's because he personally felt he had to make up so much. But still here, Paul declares, it's the grace of God. It's the grace of God working in and through him. But isn't that true for every one of us? Every one of us have that situation, that same situation. We can, we can do all that we think that we, or we're able to do. We can do all that we think we're able to do. And yet, unless it's the grace of God working within us, we're not going to be anywhere usable for God. Anywhere. Whether you're a pastor or a Sunday school teacher or an evangelist, regardless of the gifts you might have been given as we've looked at those in earlier chapters in 1 Corinthians, no matter what it is in your life, it goes back to the foundations or the bookends that we looked at back in chapter 12, verses 7 and 11. Remember when we looked at that? Paul says it's the manifestation of the Spirit that's given to each one for the benefit of all. That's one side. And then verse 11 was the other side. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So where is us in the middle of that? We're in the middle. We are pressed, we are pushed side by side by the work and by the hand, by the grace, by the spirit of God. And that's what upholds us, that's what directs us, that's what gifts us, that's what empowers us, that's what enables us 
to be able to be used. And beloved, if we don't understand that, if we think that we're able to do this or we have to do this on our own, we're gonna fail every time. Paul says, no, it's simply by the grace of God that I am what I am. Paul understood it, he wrote it, he believed it, and here he attests to the truth of it. It's not me, it's the grace of God that's working within me. Man, if we could all just continually be reminded of that same truth, we'd be falling down before the throne of glory all the time because we'd realize, man, it's not my, by, by my ability. It's not by my strength. So, Lord, again, I come to you today. Man, help me in my job. Lord, I come to you again right now. Help me with, with my relationship with my wife. Lord, I, I come to you right now. Help me as we're raising our children. Lord, I come to you right now because you place me in a place of responsibility wherever that might be. Lord, it's not of me. It is of you and I can't do any of it outside of you because I'm just gonna mess it up. I'm gonna mess it up. But Lord, in all that I do, both in word and deed, in all that my hands find to do, I wanna do for your glory. So would you direct me? Would you empower me? Would you let your grace work through me? It's not of me. It's the grace of God. Once again, not placing himself on any kind of pedestal, but recognizing that the Lord God uses a variety of people for the work of his kingdom. Paul closes this whole thought out with, in verse 11, he says, therefore, whether it's I or they, so you believed, or so we preached, and so you believed. Rather, rather it's from me, rather I was the one that, that, that led you to Christ, rather it's through the message of the gospel that I gave, or rather it's while uh, Apollos was here, or maybe with Peter or some of the others. I don't, it doesn't really matter because it's the same gospel that's being preached, and it's through that that was preached that you believe. The fact is, the Apostle Paul, through the work and the leading of the Holy Spirit, He was personally involved in the beginning and the development of many, if not most, of the churches that were active during the times of the book of Acts. You think about that for a moment. This guy, the way that God used him was so powerful. It was the apostle Paul, again, through the work and through the leading of the Holy Spirit. He wrote 13 of the 27 books of the New Testament. And a lot of people also believe that he either wrote or he was very directly connected with the writing of the book of Hebrews. So that would be 14. His connection to and his his work with Luke, I think also enabled Luke to be able to write with better detail the greatest portion of the book of Acts, the, the life of Paul and Luke's time with Paul. It's by the pen of the Apostle Paul and through the work and through the leading of the Holy Spirit where we find the greatest amount of both our basic as well as our deepest doctrine in all of biblical literature. Without the writings of Paul, the depth, the extent of Christianity would be sorely lacking in who we are as a church, what we understand of what direction we need to be. It was because Paul was a Roman citizen that he was granted a greater freedom than the other disciples. He was granted greater access than the other disciples. It was his status as a Roman citizen that allowed him to be set free on more than one occasion after he had been arrested for preaching the gospel. 
Paul had great wisdom. He had great ability. He was trained under Gamaliel, one of the greatest renowned teachers of his day. Uh, He had this earnestness. He had this zeal. He himself even says, and again, not in a bragging way, but just the matter of fact, the reality. Man, I was way ahead of all of my peers. Being a man so knowledgeable, so capable in and of himself, he had a lot that he could brag about. What does the word tell us? He threw it all aside. Why? He threw it aside for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus as Lord, for whom we, having suffered the loss of all things, and he counted them as rubbish, that he might gain Christ. Philippians 3, 7. His writings come so often, or so often come like a, an excellent defense attorney or a prosecuting attorney as he lays out step by step and line by line of, of what he's going to be sharing and the depth of what he's going to be sharing. He evangelized, he, he trained, he discipled multiples of men. He effectively replicated himself as he went throughout the entire Roman Empire, sending out men like Timothy and Titus, Luke and Tychius and Epaphrodites, John Mark, as well as a whole host of others. He sent these guys out to start or to encourage or to correct churches, again, throughout the empire. That's the ministry. That's the work of the Apostle Paul. Through the work and through the leading of the Holy Spirit in his life, for over 2,000 years, the church has followed the directions and the doctrines that have been laid out by the Apostle Paul. Do you understand how important Paul is for the life of the church? God used him so powerfully. But yet he says, man, I'm the least of the apostles? Are you kidding me? We look at him and says, wow, you're like the super apostle. You're like the greatest apostle. But Paul looked at himself and he understood, no, nothing about me. And it's all about God. At the end of all things, Paul understood And you and I need to understand, it's not about the messenger. It is about the message, the message. And it's also about the equipping, empowering of that messenger. If it's not by the Holy Spirit, it's just the work of man. I don't care how smart the man is, how intelligent, how gifted, how much ability. The Holy Spirit isn't the one that's leading. The Holy Spirit isn't the one that's directing. It's not going to do all that God accomplished it to do. Paul understood, and that's why he was able to say, rather, rather it's me or rather it was somebody else. That's the message we preached, and that's the message you believed. Now, he's going to go on here in verse 12 and, and on through there, again, about speaking about the hope that is ours in the resurrection. I want to read through this, and we're actually going to cover this more next week, but let me touch on it real quick. In verse 12, now if Christ is preached that he's been raised from the dead, how do some among you say there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then number one, Christ is not risen. And number two, if Christ isn't risen, then our preaching is empty. And number three, your faith is empty. And yes, number four, we're found as false witnesses of God. Why? Because we've testified of God that he is raised up Christ. 
whom he did not raise up, if in fact the dead do not raise. For if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile, you are still in your sins, and then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men the most pitiable. Beloved, the gospel message is not be good to your neighbor. The gospel message is not go and do good deeds. The gospel message is not read your Bible a lot and try to do everything that you can that it says to do. No, the gospel message is very plain. Man is a sinner and the end of his days, judgment comes. And outside of faith in Jesus Christ, that judgment sets him up for an eternity in hell. And Jesus spoke more about hell in his ministry than he ever spoke about heaven. The reality and the truth of the judgment of God coming. The gospel message declares that because of the greatness of the love of God, God sent forth his son, born of a virgin. He came and born. He lived and he died as a sacrifice for you and I in order that whoever would call upon his name would be saved. And the reason that we have that power to be able to be saved is because though he died for our sins, he was also raised from the dead. And as Paul is going to get into even more so in chapter 15, the raising of Christ from the dead is literally a seal. It's a verification. It's a validation by God that his crucifixion, that his death, that his sacrifice for the sin of mankind was accepted by God. And with the resurrection is literally and truly the hope and the seal and the promise that again our sin is forgiven. If we don't understand the fullness of the gospel message, then our message to to the world around us is not going to have the authority, it's not going to have the power that what the Holy Scriptures declare it ought to have. It's the truth of the gospel message that man is in sinner is a sinner in need of a great savior but yet because of the great love of God God sent his son even while we were still sinners in order to be able to pay the debt that we owed and God raised Christ from the dead and right now he's ever interceding on our behalf the hope and the promise of the resurrection is the fulfillment, it's the completion of the message of the gospel. And if we don't get that right, if that really isn't true, if that's, if that's all false, then as Paul says, we above all men are most pitiable. But I've got good news for you tonight. Christ is risen from the dead. Amen, amen. Christ is risen from the dead. Again, a declaration. It's not just an Easter morning resurrection story. No, it's it's our everyday life. It's the reality of our salvation. Christ is risen from the dead. He is risen. Hey, you remember it. All right. Yeah, he is risen. He is risen indeed. And that's the hope that you and I have as believers. The fact that we do serve a living Savior. Ever interceding on our behalf. Open our hearts, change our
That's all the time we have for today on The Open Word. We hope today's message has touched you. Pastor David Landry will continue teaching through the book of 1 Corinthians on the next edition of The Open Word. But right now, we'd like to share with you how you can hear more from Pastor David. Just visit TheOpenWord.com and click on Teachings to hear or download past messages. You can also get in contact with us with any questions you might have or let us know how we can be praying for you on your faith journey. You can also connect with us on Facebook. We are thankful you've listened to today's message but want to make sure that this isn't your only source of spiritual nurturing. We encourage you to find a church family who will help you grow in your walk with God. If you're in the Casa Grande area, we'd love to have you join us here at Calvary Chapel Casa Grande. Here's Pastor David with more information. Hey, thanks, Chris. I'd like to personally invite you to join us here at Calvary Chapel of Casa Grande for a time of worship and fellowship and studying the Bible. We meet every Sunday at 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock in the morning and on Wednesday and Saturday evenings at 6.30 p.m. You can find our address and directions by visiting theopenword.com and following the links to our church page. I look forward to meeting you in person and sharing this journey of faith with you. Thanks, Pastor David. That's all the time we have for today. Be sure to tune in next time for another edition of The Open Word.